Thank you for joining us for another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, got a lot to get into. It's been a it's been a busy day, week, month, uh, everything so far. I know it's only the fifth day in December, but it feels like it's been a like a half a month already with college football, just with all the news that keeps coming out. Uh, first and foremost, uh, our Tigers. Um, fell in the SEC championship to to Georgia, fifty to thirty. You got that to talk about, and what lies ahead for the Tigers? Because uh, you know today's actually the first day the transfer portal has opened up, and been crazy amount of activity. I think there's like a thousand people in there already. Um, there's that, and then the Tigers were also uh, slotted in their bowl. They're going to be playing in the Citrus Bowl against Purdue. We'll probably talk more about that later, uh, but we'll at least. Uh, dive into some of the bowl stuff uh, today just because, uh, you know, get some initial reactions. I don't know. I think there's a good slate of bowl games. Some are kind of curious to me, but I, I think there's a good slate, even though it is on odd days. But before we get into any of that, I want to check in with you guys, see how you're doing. Um, <laughs> happy December. It's crazy. This year is already almost over. It feels like yesterday, you know, they had just announced Brian Kelly and then boom, here we are. Uh, he's on his, like, it's like he, you know, he's starting over with uh, with his team. So I uh, want to see how you guys are doing. And, man, uh, then we can talk about all this LSU stuff. Hey, it's good to be back with you. I mean, it's really crazy. It, you know, basically football season's over. We got we got the bowl games, but for, for most of the, you know, like college game day, pretty much pretty much over. I think they're still going to go to uh, Army-Navy game, but that's kind of not really a, you know, not the same. So, um you know, happy to wrap it up here and and talk about the uh, the final you know LSU's final game and then uh, and kind of look forward to the rest of the um, the rest of the bowl season. Yeah, it's good to be here. I've been a very exciting four days in the world of college football between the conference championships and the playoff announcements and the transfer portal, all that. I've got so many tabs open on my computer. I can hardly read them. Uh, I've got all my, all my stats locked and loaded for the pod. Hopefully, I don't fumble it too much. Um, but yeah, it's a good time and I've got a good bowl season to look forward to. But like you mentioned, Tommy, it is kind of sad that the football season's already kind of in the rearview mirror, so to speak. It feels like we were just starting here a couple of weeks ago and just starting 2022, but uh, 2023 right around the corner and who knows what that'll bring. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll, it'll bring a, a nice little curtain call for the Tigers on January 2nd. I think it's awesome. I, I guess that's considered the the New Year's Day bowls now. And I thankfully have that day off. Uh, thank you, Cobb County. But um, I wanted to ask you one real quick question because uh, you'd mentioned uh, game days about done. Did they like? Was there any word on Lee Corso? Is did he have a last hurrah or what? He probably should have. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, I mean I think that it, it, it feels like they've been kind of hinting at it or slowly like you know, tapering off his, uh, his involvement, but I haven't heard anything definitive about whether or not he's going to be back. I just didn't know if they like put it out there that, you know, anyway, um, back to, uh, back to relevant stuff. So the SEC championship game, we lost by 20. I felt like we were kind of in it earlier on, you know, like we, we got that. I mean, Keishon Boudé came out with a 50 something yard touchdown out of nowhere, uh, which was awesome. And then, I don't know, it just kind of started started slipping away after that. But we did get to see uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, and we saw a lot of him. 
I mean, he looked good. I don't know, though. It's the fact... I don't know which I'm more surprised at, to be honest, because I, I I think we all kind of felt this this kind of... Well, this kind of separation between the teams in the game was possible. I don't know if anyone expected 80 combined points, but um, I don't know if I was more surprised at the fact that, A, LSU, you know, UJ scored 50 because... I don't know. I just didn't think it was going to like, I didn't think our defense was that bad, Uh, but I was, I don't know. I don't know if I'm more surprised at that or the fact that uh, our backup, like got us within two, you know, three touchdowns, but um, both of our QBs combined passed for over 500 yards against the number one team in the country. It's like both are kind of remarkable to me in their own right. What did, what did you think about the game overall? Did you uh, were you pleased with it, or did you feel like I don't know? I, I didn't feel like there was you know anything left out on the field, so to speak. Maybe you could have played better in certain areas, especially special teams, of course. But um, I don't know. It's 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 such a odd season, good and bad, right? Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like it was fine. I'm not. I wasn't wasn't thrilled with our performance. I didn't think we played the best game, you know, Oh, we played the best game of our season. We just, it, Georgia was too much. It wasn't one of those. Um, mm. I think that we played. Okay. Good. Not great. Um, decent football. I think we made a lot of mistakes, you know, particularly in the first half. I feel like we made some mistakes. Jaden Daniels getting hurt or, or, you know, kind of ended up gimping and walking off. Didn't help. Um, but overall, I mean, I think that if you, you know, if you just look at this one game, it's, it's not very good, but um, when you look at that, I mean, the, we were in the SEC championship. That's, that's pretty, it's pretty good. Like I, I, for, for year one with Brian Kelly, I mean, what else? like that's, that's a huge, um, a huge step up from where I think most people thought he would be a huge step up from where we were for the past two years. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was interesting, you know, that getting getting to see Nussmeyer play. I think that just adds a little bit more of a, um, of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a question into what what that means for LSU's um, quarterback situation moving forward. Uh, you know, with, especially with Jane Daniels, I think a lot of people, are, you know, thinking he's going to come back. So it was good to see, you know, good to see Nussmeyer. Yeah, I think he did. He did a lot. It shows that he's improved, um, but. I mean, you can't be you can't be thrilled with with the way that we played because we lost and we lost to by you know what twenty. Um, Wasn't it? Uh, what was the the odds were at what like eighteen maybe? Yeah. yeah. So not that far off. No, no, not not. And and you know it's it's. I think it's unfair to to say oh we should have won or oh we we I mean like no this this that Georgia team is way more talented and way more complete than we are. You know, they're complete on all four phases of the game. They'll probably win the national championship. I think the only team that um, that might give them trouble, I, I think Michigan, on, on Michigan's best day, and, you know, if they catch Georgia in an, in an off, you know, kind of just if they catch them in a little bit of a, uh, an off cycle, you know, maybe, maybe they give them some trouble. But um, I still think Georgia is, you know, likely going to go on and, you know, cruise to another national championship. Um and it's no slouch to lose to the national to, to the uh, to the eventual national champion and, and and force them to give up. I think the most points all year that their defense has given up all year. Right. 
we lost the number one team in the country and that was to be expected. I had mentioned on the last podcast that if we kept it within 10, then that would be a sort of win for LSU and that didn't happen. So wish we could have put a, a bit more on, on the field. You don't like to see Georgia who has a surprisingly good offense. They're traditionally known for their staunch defense, uh, but they showed off their weapons between Brock Bowers, Lad McConkey, Kendall Milton in the running game. And we had no real answer for that. The defense that Matt House had put together that was playing pretty well over the first course of the season really kind of disintegrated in the last two outings against A&M and Georgia. And it, it was more of a, an unstoppable force. It reminded me of the game against Tennessee where the game was keyed off right at the beginning with a special teams gaffe by Jack Best dropping the punt. And the game was basically over before it even started. It was a bit of a similar situation against Georgia where we had the blocked punt return for the touchdown, basically a 14-point swing right at the beginning of the first quarter. And you're like, well, if that's how, how today's going to go, then uh, the LSU is not fit to win. And it was a bit more of the same. Uh, Jack Besh, again, this one wasn't as much of his fault, but the interception bouncing off his helmet into the hands of Georgia defender, like this is the stuff you can't really predict and can change the course of a game. That was terrible. But, yeah, we we had said like to beat Georgia, you have to be nearly perfect, and you can't make any kind of boneheaded or accidental even mistakes. I know, and we, there were a lot a lot of the things were just like bad luck. Yeah, it's not and, anybody's fault that went bouncing off his helmet, and, and there was a lot of that too. Yeah, so uh, their talent plus just a, a couple of rolls of the dice set the stage for a loss. Um, like like you mentioned, Tommy, there's definitely positives to take away. Nussmeyer's good play in the second half, not afraid to throw the ball down the field. That was exciting to watch at least, even if it was against Georgia's kind of like second and third stringers. Uh, but some wide receivers made good plays. Uh, our, our run game was not the best. Basically everything mm -hmm. came on one run by Josh Williams. Yeah. And that's what made us one dimensional. And even though we scored 30, we, you can't keep up with 50 if you have no run game. So uh, a mixed bag and, uh, but an SEC championship appearance is nothing to to turn your nose up at. No, I mean they 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 won a championship this year. They won the Western Division crown. So uh, that's <laughs> uh, I mean we we contended for more, but we just we didn't really have it the last two games. Oh well, but I mean to go against UGA, I mean that's that's just a complete team. Um, they're operating at a high level in in all phases of the game. That one, you know, the block uh, field goal that they returned. Uh, that's that's on, that's on everybody. It's like the the coaches should know better. I think the players should know better. They should read the rule book too. But the the coaches should know better. Brian Kelly admit he, they 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 owned up to that. He said that's that's completely on me. And it was. I I, I can't imagine that's ever going to happen again in his tenure. But it sucks that we keep having to, you know. All right. Well, we're never going to do that again. It's like well, yeah. let's just think about this stuff ahead of time because that a, a live ball is it's it's not a small thing like that's that's basic that should be basic understanding um but as far as you know the like the bouncing off the helmet and all that you know it's just georgia's that good and i feel like when you're that good just the the chance favors those that are prepared and georgia is just across the board more prepared right and it's just it's crazy how <clears throat> remember um lsu's been there before you know we've had some stuff it bounced our way in 19. We had stuff that bounced our way in 2007, you know, of other teams falling, other games that went our way. Think of all the, like, all of half of uh, Honey Badger's highlights. Like, 
so many people around him were good. You notice how whenever he stripped the ball, it just bounced right back into his arms. Yeah. And he just ran it in. It's like the ball bounces your way when you're just that good across the board. So I'm not too worried about the outcome of the game. Obviously, plenty to work on. But I mean, we're we're in the, you know, we're heading into the bowl season. So players get to relax. Brian Kelly gets to recruit or, you know, focus on that anyway. And then he will have a full year under his belt to move forward. Still remains to be seen who's staying, who's going. We can talk about that. But I don't know, as far as this game, I don't know. I just I thought it was impressive that we didn't fold completely after uh, after Daniels left the game. And I don't know. There's actually a how bad it was. There was a here in the uh, Atlanta on the Atlanta Journal Constitution, like the front page of the sports section. There was a picture of their defensive tackle. I think it was Jaden Carter. Um, yeah, holding him up off the ground. He was holding Jaden Daniels up with one arm and holding the number one up with his other arm. Like, yeah, we got this. Like, that is just that, that's before he left the game. That's that's embarrassing. Where they're just like they're playing with you mid game because they can. That's how that's how good they are. And I mean, like, you know what? Good good for them. Like, uh, now I will say, I thought that I thought the the two point conversion was just utterly classless. That was terrible. Scott, what do you have to say for your school? <laughs> uh, I don't know. The only thing I could think of is, A, they just they wanted to crack 50 because how often do you get to do that? B, I thought, well, LSU went for two earlier in the game. Maybe it was just a, like, oh, yeah, you want to go for two? We'll go for two. It could have been that, although, I, you know, I had a question about the going for it, too, by the way. Um, I don't know. I, have, I, don't, I don't know. I think it doesn't matter. I think maybe they just wanted to try something. Uh, it doesn't matter if you can't stop them, you can't complain, right? It's like it, it's it, it's not like they tried an onside kick after they went up fifty. Um, I, I'd say you know we we should that we should have just seen that as an opportunity to try and stop it. Um, but going back to the going for two, this is the second week where Brian Kelly has done that. In retrospect, I can look back and see why. Because if you're down by three scores, if you can score three times and get the two point conversion, you you know you can get within a field goal or whatever. So mm-hmm. I understand that, but it's just it happened against A and M, and that's when Jaden Daniels got hurt. So I, you know, it's like that one fourth down against Alabama. It's, I like that he goes for it, but I don't know. I mean, just not not to armchair quarterback the guy, but I will. But you know, it's. I don't know. It's like we, I, I didn't feel like even like I didn't, there was no, there was no way we were going to score three straight touchdowns against a and M. It's like, it was possible. Sure. But not with what was going on all day. So I thought that was a little, a little too aggressive. I don't know about this one at Georgia. I think it was the same situation, right? He's like, well, if we get in this, we get a two point conversion. Maybe we can get back into it. What do you think? Um, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. I think it's a fine call. I think that it's the, probably the correct one. Like, you know, on paper, the statistics and all that, I think that, I think it's probably what you're supposed to do. And, and, uh, I don't have a problem with it. I don't, um, yeah, I, I think that in both games, you know, we were, we were pretty much out of both games by the time. So it wasn't, but, you know, you talk about, uh, Georgia, you know, kind of like, Hey, if they can do it and you know, they, okay. Like then go do it. I feel like with us, it's like, we got so much inexperience, so much. We're trying to figure out who we are. We're trying to figure out who is, uh, you know, who our team is still. Um, let's, you know, give them a look. Like we, we kind of, you know, extra point is, it should be pretty standard, but you don't, how often do you really get to, you know, it's like at this point when you're down by three scores, I'm not saying you're, you're in a scrimmage, but 
this is it's this is val that's valuable experience like for freshmen like a two-point conversion in the sec championship um you know go run it let's see how let's see how you do under the pressure and all that because next year when when it might it doesn't count right now because you're down by three scores and you're not going to come back but next year it might Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you already have it under your belt, you're like, yeah. "Well, I did it in the SEC title game. Why not now?" Um, I don't know. What do you, I mean? We don't have to pick apart the game itself, you know, strategically, because Georgia was just that much better. But um, I don't know. I had a question for you, Tommy, because we did see so much of Garrett Nussmeyer. Do you think that kind of anchors him down? Do you still think he's a a portal possibility, see. or? Well, I also just wanted to say that I could uh, – I'll go ahead and answer that one first, I guess. Yeah, okay, where do so, we go Where do we go for quarterback in the bowl game? Just, do we keep riding Nussmeyer or is – I mean, Jaden's got time to heal up. I feel like I feel like we probably ride – I feel like J, if Jaden's healthy, he's a go. It, to me, it seems like Ryan Kelly likes Jaden. It seems like he's, he's Ryan Kelly's guy. Um, I will say – and I don't know if y'all felt like this. When, when Nussmeyer came in – there, I, I was like, man, this kind of feels like when Tua came in in the second half of that championship <laughs> game. It's like, you know, the guy who's like the the guy you haven't seen all year and he just goes and starts throwing. Um, it's just, you know, haul off. And he, I mean, he what? He, Nussmeyer threw like two, two deep touchdowns, like randomly. Um, obviously, you know, the, the result wasn't the same as with Tua, but I do wonder, you know, is it, is it, was that good for Nussmeyer in that he uh, was able to show off, you know, his talent and, you know, start, start, start that conversation in the, for the portal and start saying like, Hey, look what I did in the SC championship. I'd like to come to your school. Uh, with, you know, with the announcement that Kayshawn is coming back and, and I don't know how, how much to, to take a, uh, take this as, I mean, this is not by any means quality reporting, but, you know, Tiger Droppings is talking about, Oh, like that means you know that means Jay Nadels is gone if Kayshawn's coming back because he wants to. Uh, I, I think I guess that there there's really not much explanation on these posts, but I'm guessing that their thinking is if Jaden's still here, then he's it's it's going to be a run first kind of a, a you know dual threat offense. Um, but if he goes, then it, you know with, I mean if you look what Nussmeyer did, it was almost all throw. I mean it was all, yes, it was v- very heavily passing oriented his air raid like fit kind of for yeah uh, yeah but we wasn't at the game though because like we were behind our running wasn't working and like we just we, were, we just needed to get points immediately so uh and i guess that was that was my second the second part of my my question was remember when brian kelly said yeah it was neck and neck it came down to the wire before we decided on a starter and we were like okay brian okay brian well, people, people believed him up until that i mean at that game two against Southern is when is I think when most people who pay attention and watch and actually watch the games and are honest with themselves could realize, okay, no, it was not close. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like when you watch this game against what he did to Georgia, the number one team in the country, he was fearless. The guy is obviously a force to be reckoned with, but it's like, now I can see, you know what? I guess I could see how Brian Kelly could look at both of them and have a hard time deciding because Nuss is just like, Let's move the ball down the field. Jaden Daniels is a little bit more selective. He's careful with the ball. Um, maybe sometimes too careful, you know, like he can't decide. Uh, Ness is a little bit more loosey-goosey. 
And that's like the yin and yang of the two. I guess Brian Kelly just went with the safer option. Plus the, the running is, is better with Daniels, obviously, but I, I guess I could see a little bit more now how that was a hard decision. Okay. But, but what about hear me out on this? What if actually our eyes didn't deceive us? It was, <laughs> it was the same. What if he's just improved? True. That's true. Like, also, he's had a whole season. He's had a whole I mean, season, and yeah. he's had a whole season with with what I think we can all agree on is very high level quality coaching. Uh, pretty much at all facets of the game. Um, Joe Sloan, who's the quarterback coach for Alabama I mean, for, for LSU, is uh, yeah, no, is highly <laughs> um, is highly uh, respected and and you know ha- has done a lot of uh, a, a lot of you know great recruiting and, I, and a lot of people talk about him as a, as a great offensive mind maybe maybe that's just the product of, of being a full a full season and, and working hard and and you know honing your craft mm-hmm. yeah well and i also think that uh i'll let you jump in here daniel i just want to say yeah you, you you're right i think he he has that to 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 point at um but just think of the, some of the games where they probably thought he might go in, you know, where he was probably splitting some reps with Jaden Daniels. And then, you know, towards the end of the season when Daniels got hurt, you know, he was taking reps at practice. So, yeah, it's it's true. He probably did grow a little bit. Yeah, it's a weird situation. Like last year, we were having not the same conversation, but a little bit of a similar conversation before the bowl game uh, against Kansas State, where we were thinking, is Garrett Nussmeyer going to play? Like then it was more of the red shirt discussion. Um, but there was talk of him transferring out at that point, what we were going to do with Max Johnson transferring and, and all of that. Uh, so I, I don't think it's too hot of a take to say that one of Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer will leave LSU um, by the end of the year, either Jaden Daniels through the draft or potentially transferring, I guess, but that seems unlikely. I, or, he's, I think if, if Jaden leaves, he's going to the draft, right? Yeah. There's no chance or, he's transferring. Yeah. Or Garrett Nussmeyer transferring, uh, especially, I mean, we've been talking up Walker Howard forever. Who, who knows if he even gets to see the field and or the light of day at some point, People online think he's the savior of LSU football. Uh, but uh, I think that, yeah, like you said, Tommy, if if Jane Daniels is healthy, he goes. And then, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of do the same thing where they say, well, we don't know who's going to start, blah, blah, blah. They kind of keep it under under wraps until right before the game against Purdue. Not like the game against Purdue matters that much, but I mean, it's for pride and you want to win. So Brian Kelly will do his best to get that 10 win season. And so we could be on four podcasts from now, still not knowing who's going to be the quarterback definitely for the game. Yeah. Um, and I know just really quickly, I figured we could just point out the, the, the defensive part of the game because, you know, Georgia kind of did what they wanted, but just watching some of those, uh, Bigger plays like the pass plays, our, our just our defensive backfield was just not on. They weren't in sync. They weren't on the same page. You could see guys like I could see one guy drifting over, like whoa, 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 and then like he the safety where he had two guys in front of him. It's like the the ball wasn't even in the air yet, and he just kind of decided to lean to one side of the field, leaving the middle wide open, and that's you know they scored on a goalpost route. And you know, there's a couple other things where you could see after the score, they're all pointing fingers and mad. That was your guy. That was your guy. So I don't know. I, for, for whatever reason, they just, they, they didn't have it. I think, um, I thought we were good on injuries before the game, but I felt like maybe we, who we lose during the game. Uh, it was, uh, somebody walked off hurt, right? Like in the, in the defensive secondary. No? Um, it was, uh, number two. 
Um, uh, better archivers. Yeah, I don't know if that was. I don't know if that's why they. You know, if that's what happened, if that's why they scored. But I don't know. I just they seem confused back there. Otherwise, defensively, yeah, we gave up a lot of running yards, but it was still, again, it was to Georgia. But you know, we still covered two fumbles. We got some. You know, we had some good defensive play. Um, yeah. And they, you know, one of their touchdowns was on special teams. I think another one we probably gave them with one of our takeaways. So, uh, you know, again, kind of like the offense, it's a, it's a mixed bag, right? Yeah, and I think something else to to kind of uh, something key from the defensive side, you could tell uh, Kirby Smart and and uh, Todd Munkin, they were real uh, real sure to have somebody for Kendrick or for, uh, for Perkins, Harold Perkins. I mean, it wasn't even like he, he really wasn't that much of a presence. Like mm-hmm. he had some, you know, he had some good plays and he had some, had some pressures and stuff, but, yeah. but like, you know, he was not the, the, uh, the ball Hawk that we've been used to for the past, you know, for the, his best, you know, past three games. Yeah. Um, and Georgia's O-line outclassed us. We had zero sacks, oh, yeah. zero, zero quarterback pressures. Stetson Bennett had all day to find his targets right over the middle or our D line getting blown off the ball with Kendall Milton around the edge. So uh, that's, that's what happens when you play against the biggest and most athletic linemen there are is you, you set the pace and you, you run the game. And, and that's what happens when you have Darnell Washington, who's, absolutely massive and a freak athlete and then Brock Bowers. Um, and then also don't forget Louisiana products said Van Pran. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, they're just extremely talented. They're, they're absolutely, you know, they're the best. Yeah, yeah they are. Um, I, I think we, we probably could have just maybe slowed them down a little bit more. We couldn't, we couldn't have stopped them completely though. Uh, but as it sits, Tigers uh, nine and four can still get that tenth win. I sure as heck hope we do. It's going to be have. It's going to have to be against Purdue in the Citrus Bowl. You know, obviously we'll probably break them down a little bit later. But I don't know that's the thing. It's a it's a decent draw, right? Like at that point, it's like we weren't going to the Sugar. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what else there was. Um, I don't know. I I uh, could have been Outback. Well, now now it's not even Outback. Now whatever they call it, but the the former Outback Bowl, that's an SEC one. What is that the Gasparilla? Now? I don't even know what that. It's it's some random thing. Oh. Um what is it? The cheat the cheese no. It's the Relia the Relia Quest Bowl. Oh. I don't even know what Relia Quest is. I don't either. But you see how we're playing in the cheese it's not it's the cheese it citrus bowl. Yeah, she's just got two bowls. Oh, yeah, they also the cheese it No, there's the cheese it bowl and the cheese it citrus bowl, which we're in. And Dang. FSU plays like a few days before us in their bowl, which is the cheese it bowl. Then is that also in, is that also in Orlando? Yes, and then we play <laughs> them to start next year in the same stadium. Wow, that's kind of weird. Yeah, how it works out like that. Huh. Yeah, ain't, ain't life grand. Mm-hmm. Um. Anywho, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about, like, obviously the playoff set? We could talk about that a little bit more. But um, I personally thought there was some other good bowl games out there. But I just wanted to take a moment and just kind of laugh. It was it was odd to see Nick Saban out there 
at first I thought it was odd that he was out there petitioning, trying to get his team into the playoff. And I thought that's pretty sad. He's out there begging. It's like, come on, dude, you, you had two losses. You, you know, the, the teams you lost to, they, they kind of fell off towards the end of the season. What, what, what are you really trying to achieve? But then I thought, if you're in his position, what would you do? You know, it's like if you were Alabama, who's had so much success um, and just pretty much uh, run the betting boards pretty good across the spread and you're sitting at five or six, why would you not? Especially when three and four lose. Yeah. And especially like, when you've seen how this committee has ranked you even after some of your poor performances. So at first I was like, oh, that's pretty sad. He's the goat. He didn't have to do that. But then I thought, I mean, that's, I think that's what the goat would do. So well, and why, also, why I, I, the system? <laughs> I, you know, the other thing is like, I hate to say it, but I'm not sure he's wrong. Like, yeah, and, uh, yeah, you put him in the playoff. I wouldn't, who, who would bet against Bama, right? Not really. Like, I think, I think that they're, you know, especially with the TCU loss, I think that they are probably, I think they're better than TCU. I think that they're, you know, I think that they would give Ohio State a real good game. I think you could, I think you could put Ohio State or Alabama, you know, at that four spot interchangeably. You probably get the same result. Do they beat Georgia? Um, maybe, maybe not. Probably not, just because I think Georgia is that much more talented. Um, but uh, you know, I, I still, but I think either way, it's a, it, it's a, it's a, uh, a quality matchup. The uh-huh. real winner in all this is is uh, Michigan. <laughs> Yeah. Because Michigan at number two gets the easier draw. They do. Um, although I, I don't know. I, I think that game, I, think, I don't know. I, I feel like that game could be good. The, the only way I'd have gone with the playoff with Bam is if it was Michigan played Ohio State to get in to the final and then Georgia played Bama. Like if those four teams played, I, I would actually have no problem with that. I think that'd yeah, be kind of cool, honestly. I, I know they don't they don't want the rematches, and they don't. You know, I, yeah, I know, but I mean that's that's why it's it's in the semis instead of the final. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bama, Bama needed TCU to get absolutely blown out, then they maybe could have snuck in, and yeah. you still had a more than a hair's chance of doing it, which is kind of the scary thing with two losses. Uh, I agree with you, Tommy, that maybe they are one of the four kind of quote unquote best teams. The the definition of best in the committee's eyes seems to kind of change every year in a weird sort of sense. Yeah. Sometimes they're like the most talented teams are like the best teams on paper. And the other the times best are like, resume. No. yeah, the, the conference championships, like it, it, what matters seems to evolve over time. And we only have one more college football playoff after this year, which is kind of crazy. It seems like just recently that they put it into effect. Well, we'll have one. We'll have just the, whatever, 5,000 team playoff. Oh, that, that's true. I, I, I'm thinking, yeah, a four team playoff specifically. And I've seen some arguments online that uh, we need to go back to the BCS because this year is a perfect example. I of think why, I agree. Of why well, only two teams deserve to be in the championship, just lock and load two teams. We've got two undefeated teams. Everybody else has flaws. Uh, you roll with Georgia and Michigan in the playoff and everybody else has fun in the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, whatever. And it returns some prestige to those bowls uh, instead of getting relegated to a semifinal or uh, kind of the has-beens of the whole situation. Yeah. No, I, I think I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, and when we get to when we get to 12 teams, what's that? What's not? You know, it's like if you think if you think Alabama or uh, USC or take your pick, you know, that, that, that five, that four five or five, six and seven slot. If you think they had an argument to get in, um, just wait till you talk to number 13, 14 and 15 in a 12 team playoff. Well, yeah. Cause at that point, 
like if that was this year, we'd be talking about Penn State being in the playoffs and they've already lost to both Michigan and Ohio State. So it's like, yeah, maybe one in 10, maybe even better than that, one in five chances they beat those teams. But it's like, do they deserve to be there after losing to two of the teams already ahead of them? But then also, uh, and also you're thinking, I mean, like from an, from LSU perspective, from, uh, um, I mean, t- from a two-lane perspective, you know, it's like, well, I think, I think LSU is better than Penn State. I think most mm-hmm. teams in the SEC are better than Penn State, to be honest. Yeah. On the two-lane note, I was flipping back and forth between the LSU game and the two-lane game, uh, my fighting green wave as it happened, and uh, I was very happy to see them lock up the American. And now they get to face the big losers in all of this, USC, who choked their chance at a playoff in the uh, the Cotton Bowl. So I'm very excited for that. I wish – Unfortunately, once again, it's the exact same time as the LSU game on January 2nd. Yeah. So I'm going to have to have my, my double screens going once again. But uh, if 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 David Tulane can topple Goliath USC, that would be something for the, the books, especially considering uh, USC has arguably Heisman frontrunner Caleb Williams at the helm and Mr. Uh, Lincoln Riley running the show. So respect to them. This will probably be the best season for the next 50 years. So I've, I've enjoyed it while it's happened. Hey, you never and, know. Uh, they might, they might got, be able to come back next year. It's kind of like that sign. I think it was from College Game Day a while back where it's just like, we're just happy to be here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lane is just happy to be here. Uh, and so I'll, I'll be checking that game out at least on January 2nd. Um, yeah, I think everybody or hopefully everybody has off of work so we can can watch those games. For you. I do, and LSU plays. We got one of the early slots, one one p.m. Eastern. Uh, I don't know. I I was going to mention the USC two lane game because that that's interesting to me. Um, but also the the Notre Dame South Carolina game. I think South Carolina, like, imagine if they won that, can finish this season. How Shane Beamer is going to look going into next year? They they'd look good. Mm-hmm. Um, then you also got. Oregon, UNC, PSU, Utah. I don't know. I think those are interesting. Uh, but I don't know. Do you think the expanded playoff, you, you'd mentioned how it's changing some of the bowls and just, I don't know, some of these, like how many bowl games do we need where there's two six and six teams playing each other? It's like if, if some of those fall by the wayside, I don't know if that's, you know, that's really not, you know necessarily a bad thing. Maybe for those teams because they get you know a little bit of revenue, they get a chance to play and all that. But it's like, why? Who's really going to pay this? Like, is it profitable for them? Like, do do teams really fill up a stadium to watch two six and six teams? Yeah, I I think it's good for those kind of small conference teams that they basically got three losses posted on their schedule anyway because they're usually playing money games at like big schools, and so for the rest of the season they have to go six and three just to make the bowl game. So that's a, a good win for them. Although, like you mentioned, Scott, they, they don't fill the stands up necessarily in the mm. in the Bahamas Bowl or the <laughs> the Sun Bowl or, or wherever. But so that that's a good thing. But yeah, I agree. I don't know how many times you need to see like six and six Missouri play six and six um, like Boston College or something like that. That's not setting the ratings on fire. Uh, it, the number of bowls is strange. I There's like a lot. It. Yeah, I mean, it's something to watch and it gives the fans something to, to cheer their team on at the end of the, the season. Um, we don't need a whole lot of participation trophies, but it, I mean, there's always good games. You, you, there's always that like one random bowl game between two teams that just start going at it and they score like 120 combined points. You're like, well, now we're talking. The New, <laughs> like the New Orleans Bowl has been that for a while. 
mm-hmm. where it just like gets out of hand. The what is it? The RL Carrier Bowl isn't that what they call it? Yeah, yeah usually yeah. UL uh, Louisiana has been running that for the past like six years. Billy yeah. Napier's lived there. <laughs> yeah, uh, UL's going to Evansville. Uh, what about the what about the best orange bowl of all time between Tennessee and Clemson? The orange team versus the orange team in the orange bowl. <laughs> That's kind I of cool. think about that. I, I think that'll be a pretty good game, although I wonder if Clemson's gonna have a QB to do it with, right? Because they had two QBs enter the transfer portal today. Wait, Clubnik enter the transport portal too? Clemson, no, Clemson. No, I know Cl- yeah, but Clubnik's their their like no, 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 it wasn't Clubnik, it was uh yeah, some DJ. Show. Yeah. DJ Uyangole transfer or is transferring. So yeah, he got his job taken after being Who's the other. Um, probably some backup. I think it was, was it Sanders? No, it was, yeah, it was some, it was some other backup. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, just, just interesting. Um, I, I, as of before we recorded, I was watching LSU. I think uh, as of now we're okay. Uh, there was, I mean, there was already some in the portal from earlier this year. Uh, one actually, what was it? Jordan Tolls, he actually transferred in August, but he found a team right away. Um, but there's, yeah, there's, I saw something. It's like the, the percentage for like guys that enter the transfer portal and versus who finds a team, it's like 40%. Yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. That's not, that's not good. So hopefully all these guys that are doing it, like this is their best option, not just, you know, I don't know, but you think about it, Miles Brennan, you know, he entered the portal, considered his options and then just decided to stay didn't work out but i mean you you can always come back just because you enter the portal um but yeah it's like where where are you going to move on to uh i don't know i don't know how many people are gonna what about what about kayshawn staying that's something like the kayshawn boots they just announced that he's staying at lsu for his senior season about an hour ago before this podcast and that was very surprising considering he was basically penciled in as a first round pick most likely top 10 or even higher in the 2023 NFL draft had an okay, but not great season, definitely below his standards only caught two touchdowns. One of them being in this past game against Georgia, not first and, round, not first round season. Right. So I think Mel Kuyper, he of the draft wisdom still has Kayshawn Boutte, like his fifth or sixth wide receiver, I guess just based on talent, but he didn't flash that talent really often enough for me this season and probably not often enough for the draft scouts who I have to imagine be like, Kayshawn, like we know you got it in you, like just show us a little something and we'll pick you next year. So he he had some injuries as well, but I mean, I'm happy to have him back as long as he's a positive presence in the locker room, which has been kind of called into question before. Yeah. And so if, if he can put it all together, he can have a great season, but that, that was very unexpected. Yeah. Especially if you had told me before the season that Kayshawn would be coming back, I would have had to have thought he'd like absolutely yeah, blown his knee out. Yeah, yeah. Like the week one or something. Uh, so that's, that's kind of wild. Hopefully that the rest of the gang sticks around and we can, can put a solid squad together. I do wonder, I do wonder what that means. Like, I, like, you know, I think the the simplest way to look at it is look, yeah, but he didn't have a great year. He didn't do enough to uh, to to command the price that most people believe he can it in the draft. And you know, he's making he's making money off nil deals. So you know what, stick around for a little bit and uh, and, and see what you know see what happens next year. Um, but I also I do wonder if that has something to do with. You know, internally, I wonder if there's some some uh, talk around. Look, like I think, or 
seeing the rumors on Tiger droppings does make me think, okay, maybe there is something to Jaden Daniels being like, you know what? I had a really great year. I think I can go on to the NFL and maybe not. I mean, I don't think he's going to be an NFL starter at quarterback, but I mean, I think he's talented enough to maybe, you know, to do something um, and make money. Maybe he's ready to, to call it a, a call it quits for college, move on to the professional level. And for a guy like Kayshawn, maybe, uh, you know, thinking, okay, look, we're going to have a, a more of an air raid style offense that might appeal to him being probably the, you know, the, uh, the best downfield threat we have on this team right now. Mm -hmm. And he really hasn't gotten to show that um, with Jaden Daniels at quarterback. Because it just doesn't have, it's not his game. And plus Malik neighbors has kind of emerged as basically our our wide receiver one in Kayshawn's stead where Kayshawn was that before the season started. And so possibly was there some internal thing where Brian Kelly's told Kayshawn, yes, you are a wide receiver one. We're going to feed you the ball next year, like as much as we can, because we know you're so talented. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Brian Kelly petitioned as much as he can to get him to stay. And he at least had to have said something I would imagine, but yeah, he, he probably said, look, Kayshawn, we, we need you. Our air offense was okay, but not where it could be. If Jaden's still here, he's going to take a next a step next year, and we're going to push the ball downfield. Or, like you said, with with Nussmeyer, so that's interesting. And uh, I mean, I'm, Brian Kelly was a transfer portal guy last year, bringing people in. We haven't announced any as of yet. This is only what day two, uh, so I think that'll be an interesting story, kind of leading up through the off season, is whether we try and run that back and and so from all across the country, or if we kind of just stick with our uh, recruiting class, which I would argue is is more overall rounded than last year. Yeah, no, I think you're right on the recruiting class. I do think if we could if we could find a running back that who could start, who could pick, we could get like day one. Um, gosh, I, that's where that's the position of need. I instantly think about. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's day one of the portal, right? So it's what well, like 45 days that it's that it's open. So we got a ways. They still have to do exit interviews with a lot of players. So. Uh, we yeah we look fine today that's i think that's a good thing it's like as soon as players were able no one's heading for the door i guess except for philip webb but i mean the guys you know played very sparingly since his time here wish him well but uh as far as looking forward there's plenty of time left for that and like i said they after they do those interviews you know maybe some guys will put their name in um as far as Jaden daniels goes i don't know maybe it maybe he does look at it like you know what I made a name. I made more of a name for myself at LSU. Uh, I beat Bama. That's got to be worth something. Um, but then there's also it's like you, you look at like I don't know if his nil money is the same as everybody else. You know, maybe he he and his family would benefit if he went pro and just just got something. Wasn't it uh, this past weekend? The 49ers were down to their third string quarterback, and like he ended up winning, helping them win the game. This guy was Mister Irrelevant, like in the last draft or so. Mm-hmm. So you can look at that and you say, doesn't matter where you drafted. It's just, if you get the opportunity and you can deliver in that opportunity, that's all that matters in the NFL. Yeah. You know? So it's like, even if he doesn't stay with the 49ers, cause Garoppolo is their guy, he, some other team will pick him up. Um, you know, maybe that's what Daniel, Jaden Daniels is, is thinking about and can't say I blame him. I, I would say, you know, I think everyone would agree. He could, he would definitely benefit for one more year, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if, do you, do you really think an off season here would help him better 
with who we have here, especially now that you know that number seven is Stan. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. You think it would change his decision-making, so to speak? I don't know if it would change his decision-making. Like, for instance, I, I think that the, the, the issue with him is going to be, um, like, I just don't think he has the arm the same way that Nussmeier does. I mean, when Nussmeier came out there, I mean, he zips it. It's a, he throws bombs. Now, like, let's, let's be honest. He threw two bombs or he threw three, he threw three bombs. Two of them were touchdowns. One of them was a bad interception. Um, like that's, that's kind of the, you know, where, and, and Daniels, I can't, I can't think of the last, or I guess, I guess technically that interception off of the helmet of um, Besh, but before that, I can't think of the last one he threw. I can't think of the last bad interception he threw. He, he just doesn't really throw. The one bad. before that was, I think, a tipped, like a tipped ball that someone caught. Yeah. yeah. He didn't make um, bad decisions, but he also is very, con- very conservative. He doesn't throw ducks. He doesn't throw, you know, just, just gotcha, you know, get, go, go get them balls for end in the double <laughs> coverage. Um, so I, I think that, uh, I, I think that, you know, yes, I think another year could absolutely help him and, and could help our offense. It could help our, you know, him get more settled into, uh, what we want to do on the passing side. But, uh, I, I don't know if, you know, you're going to, I don't think a year, another year is going to totally, you know, change his game. Yeah. I mean, quarterbacks, you're not going to change who you are, but you can change your performance every time. I mean, Tom Brady was not the greatest quarterback of all time in Michigan and he learned how to win. And then now he is who he is. A more, a more recent example, I guess it'd be uh, Bo Nix who languished through three years of probably average at best quarterbacking at Auburn. And then, had a early season kind of Heisman push at Oregon before he kind of faded a little bit, but stepped his game up a lot. Uh, so if uh, Jane Daniels can unlock those keys to his own game where the talent is definitely there, then I think there's definitely potential. And the same for Garrett Nussmeyer. His strength is like you said, chunking the ball, getting big plays. Uh, and if he can kind of cut down on those, big mistakes, then he's just as big of a threat in a different way. And maybe he tunes up his running game a little bit and decision-making and then bam, you got two great quarterbacks with two different skill sets. And I think that's where the the ultimate competition is going to be is where Brian Kelly sees the identity of his offense going because they're not polar opposites of quarterbacks, but they both have different strengths. So we got to decide kind of what we want our, our offense to, to look like going into next year. And then that's kind of what may end up being the decision maker between the two. Yeah. And then you think about the, the offensive line that's coming back. Uh, you got to think, well, hopefully we don't have to worry about that. We, we know we got three solid starters running backs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could take someone. Um, I don't know. I saw some people pausing, you know, should LSU take a quarterback? I'd say if Jaden Daniels, makes a decision before the bowl game or after, and there's still time. Yeah, I think you should not just come in and like replace us, but then you're looking at the same situation like last year, where you you think, you know, who's going to be like the front runner and then someone else comes in. And now the guys that you you've had there for years are like, all right, well, is this going to happen every year? Like, okay. Would you take, would you take DJ? He's probably the biggest name quarterback in the portal right now. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I beg to differ. We also have Zach, Zach Calzada. So we have, <laughs> we have plenty of options out there. <laughs> who? No, but there's also a, who is it? The guy, um, 
I think it was NC State. He had a good year. He threw for like yeah, De- Devin Martin. Leary. He's had a yeah. good season. Sixty-two touchdowns. That's almost is, field Burrow level. Is Drake May in the portal? No, he's he's rocking with UNC as far as I heard. I heard he might enter the portal. Um, but uh, you know who entered the portal? Little Dion's son. Well, he's going to transfer to Oregon. So I, I don't. I don't see any. I don't know. It's a very peculiar situation there. Wait, Shadir Sanders going to Oregon? No, to uh, to did I say Oregon? It's Colorado. Colorado. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I mean, but I don't know. It's like Dion's going to be the coach there, and he said, "Yeah, it's my son, who I think is a sophomore this year." So he's like, "He's going to be the starter." It's like, who who's going to transfer to Colorado if they know? I'll, I'll, I mean, I guess you could say, "All right, well, I'll, I'll wait and learn." But come on, who's? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to unseat the coach's son. Come on. We don't have well, to dive too deep into that, but Deion Sanders going to Jackson State for one year and, and singing the praises no, of the H- or you're, you're right, but like kind of singing the praises of the HBCU and saying he's going to change the culture and all that, and then pretty much bolts for the the big job as soon as the opportunity presents itself. You can't really blame him, but it does seem a little bit hypocritical. I think. No, I, don't, I, I think I think he did what he wanted to do. I think he went there. I think he did change the culture. I think it, they went from like a a down in the dumps program. To winning the swag, what two years in a row? Um, I think that he, you know, I think he did what did what he set out to do. Hopefully, he's left it, you know, or hopefully they they can kind of take that and and run with it. He left him in what I would say is probably a better position they were in two years ago when they hired him. Sure, and I think that this is the 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 Dion Dion getting hired to Colorado. I I was never sure whether it would actually happen whether whether he would whether Dion would actually make the jump to a bigger job. Um, Other than that, FSU, you mean, maybe? Well, I, I mean, yes. I always thought I, that was it. I think that, I think that's the eventual, I think that's it just makes too much sense. I think that is the, the eventual plan, but no, I was never, I was never sure whether Dion would actually move out of, out of like Jackson state or that kind of area, because um, I feel like he has a lot to lose as far as like credibility and, you know, it's like at the swag level, he's not like he's never gonna he's never gonna play um, Alabama or Georgia or whoever, and he's never and you're never gonna be expected to compete with them. But he's getting closer and closer to that to to real like legit D one. This is this is I mean this is the Pac twelve that he's in now. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a it's a huge step for him, and I think it could be a really big big uh, step for the sport because. I mean, if if he goes and he wins and he t- he makes Colorado Colorado a winner early on, um, I mean, get ready. He'll be he'll be in the SEC or he'll be in at, at FSU. You know, I feel like if Norvell like if Norvell is like watching over his shoulder because he's like, man, if I have a middling year and and Dion starts winning, I'm gone. It's not <laughs> even fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. I- I, I wanted to mention him and his son specifically because of the speech he gave when he showed up to Colorado, right? Like he had this nice suit, he had the Colorado hat on and they only showed a part of the, the clip, but it's when he's talking to the team and he's basically telling them, look, um, I'm, I'm Dion. I'm, you know, nothing set in stone here. I'm bringing my own luggage with me. 
and it's and it's Louis Vuitton luggage. Yeah. So if you got to enter the transfer portal, do what you got to do. But he but he was saying something after I like, what do we want? Smart. What do we want? Tough. So I feel like he'd already explained something to them. Some people just took the the soundbite for what it was, where he's basically telling Colorado players, yeah, you guys should find the transfer portal. I don't think it was that. I think there's parts of the speech missing, but he's basically saying, hey, it's not going to be what it was. No, I, I think that's something that's interesting too, is like, it, I think it'd be very easy for him to be a, to be a successful to somewhat successful coach and almost be a figurehead. Like, not really have to do any of that. You know what I mean? Like not have to go in there and tell people like you're getting in the transfer portal, not have to like, not have to do any of the dirty work and protect his, you know, because Dion has one of the best brands in sports. Um, I mean, you see him every, every Saturday on the Affleck commercials. Uh, but he, it seems like, you know, he's really committed to actually doing like the legit kind of um, hard work of coaching and, and the making and, and really changing culture, changing the culture. That's what he said he was going to do at Jackson State. I think he did it. Um, that's what he says he's going to do at Colorado. He's already, you know, like that, like that, that whole line of like, look, I'm bringing my own people, and they're high quality. I think that's what he meant by you know they're Louie. Um, and if you don't like it, like if you if you think that if you think this is just going to be like an easy like oh well I've been here I'm the starter. No, like go ahead and enter the portal now because you're going to be in for you know this isn't that's not how it's going to work now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. And and I'm saying and I'm like I'm if it works at Colorado, he will he will have it this will not be his last move. Mm-mm. It can go as far as he he wants to take it. It could be to, you know, an FSU or an SEC school. I don't I don't know if he has ambitions to coach in the NFL, but like they all know him too. He all yes, like you said he's a he's a manager. He just uh, you know, build him up, pump him full of swag manage their egos and just let them go. Yeah. Speaking um, of uh, coaching changes, do y'all have any perspective on what LSU staff might look like after this season regarding coaching changes? There was some rumors that uh, Matt house was getting some looks from other teams uh, with his defensive, either for a defensive coordinator or even potential like head coach at a small school type things. Mm. Um, I, I don't really see that happening at this point, but anybody kind of coming or going, does Kelly retain them all? Does he, he let anybody go. Uh, I mean, Brian Pullian's kind of the obvious one in, in that regard, he, even though he does seem to be Kelly's old buddy. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the glaring issue right there. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we don't, I feel like the sh- staff doesn't shake up that much. I don't think I've seen enough. I don't think our off. I don't, I don't think our offense or our defense has been so lights out good that somebody has to go and overpay for one of our, you know, it's not like Aranda good. Aranda, mm-hmm. People were like, no, we'll pay anything to get him. We want him. I don't think either of our coordinators have been that good. Um, I, I think that I think it's a little early for Matt House, but I've heard the rumors too, Daniel. Um, and then I think that you know the one person who I who I would be worried about losing um, in our staff, I think is Joe Sloan, the uh, the quarterback coach, because just because of the recruiting he's done. And like, you know, I think, I think we're much more likely to see turnover from the like position coach area area, just because it's a lot, you know, it's a lot easier to go from like a position coach to a, to a coordinator or an off or, or a, a assistant head coach, kind of a, 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 a one step up move that way. But I think we retain 
most of the big, you know, the big coaches. I think Frank Wilson staying here. I think Denbrock. I think Matt House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I again, I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't think anyone's made a big enough of a splash or a name for themselves to be. Like, oh my God, we have to take this guy now. It's like like a Joe Brady type of thing, right? Which is which is weird because the past two seasons we were jettisoning people left, right, and center after the offseason. Yeah. But not I mean, necessarily because they were so good though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um I think a few of his Kelly's hires, um, like he he already said even before this game, yeah, you know, Matt House isn't going anywhere. I, you know, I, I think some of these guys, he's probably asked, hey, look. It's going to take me two, three years to kind of get maybe to get where I need. Can you at least give me that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There's a uh, – I don't know. Do you really think any other coaching changes could be flying around um, after – after? The, I don't know. You think everyone's set in the rest of college football? Because there hadn't really been any – like I know – well. I know Mickey Joseph's probably out at Nebraska. Um, yeah. But they got their guy. They got Matt Rule coming in. That was a great hire. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I don't know. Of course, he frees at Auburn. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. There's not really too many huge names. Like, last year we were talking Lincoln Riley moving, and obviously Ryan Kelly at LSU, that was one of the premier hires. Uh, there's not really, like, that big, big opening this year that I can think of, at least, kind of off the top Dude, of my head. Well, the, the smaller one was probably Luke Fickle going from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. Yeah. But he retained Jim Leonard, who was, I guess, their coach. Uh, but he retained him as the defensive coordinator. Uh, so, I don't know, Wisconsin could be uh, could be making some waves in the Big Ten pretty soon. I think Mario I, Cristobal I, might be out at Miami. Yeah, they are a rough go. Are you serious? No. no they're not After one year? Week year one? No. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I'll say this though. Um, they they gave out some all all SEC honors. Uh, three Tigers actually made all SEC. Uh, you had Harold Perkins and uh, BJ Ojolari on the on the first team for defense. Uh, then Mikai Wingo was on second team. Uh, but for coaches, uh, they gave it to Josh Heupel. And as much as I you know could we could all make an argument for Brian Kelly. You know, I kind of get it. Uh, doesn't you know they they overall had the better season. They beat us, um, but I think if you look at nationally, who would you give it to a coach this year? Because there's I think this year is like a, a lot of good candidates. You had you know Josh Heupel, you had Brian Kelly at LSU, then you also had Sonny Dykes at TCU, and I think that's who I would probably lean towards, just because the fact that they had Gary Patterson there forever have a statue erected in, in his likeness on campus. And then Sonny Dykes comes in in one season and takes him to the playoffs. Boom. I don't know. I'm gonna give it to Sonny Dykes. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think that's a good take. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy to see the turnaround that TCU had. Maybe, I mean, they lost to Kansas state in a, in a close one in every time. And maybe they get beat by Michigan in the playoff, but what they did this year is uh it's special for them, and it's nice to see someone who isn't named Oklahoma kind of atop the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I think I had Baylor winning the Big 12. They, they're they going to one of those six-and-six six bowls, though. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, Aranda just had it down here. He can pick it back up. Anything else, guys? I know we've got a lot of stuff we could say for, for next week, but, I mean, Transfer Portal is probably just heating up. I know those there'll definitely be more there. 
Yeah, I think I think that's a good recap. There'll obviously be some more news before next week, and then before long we'll be into the bowl season. And then the the hoops is heating up as well. I was kind of keeping that in the back. We can start talking that next week or the week after as LSU plays some some actual competition. They've been having some close games against nobodies so far. Mm-hmm. If you've been keeping an eye on it, so uh, looking to be a, kind of an interesting one for the. Yeah. Well, the, we are six and one. On We're six and one, right? Yeah, we're doing all right. Um, something to keep an eye on, but you know, Adam Miller's definitely who he who he was as advertised. Guy's good. Um, Tommy, any anything else for you, buddy? Um, just I'm just you know excited to uh, to get into the bowls and and kind of you know enjoy the rest of this season. Um, but uh, other than that, I think I think that's about it. Yeah. Oh, I actually, you, you, you reminded me, uh, speaking of coaching, coaching changes, uh, there was once it, there was one projection where we, we were almost LSU was almost going to, I don't know. It looked like we could have gone to the Vegas bowl too. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, Vegas would be cool. I think we start the season there against USC and 25, what, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. But, um, UNLV has a coaching vacancy, and uh, I don't know. This might work out well for LSU. Ed Orgeron is one of the finalists to be a candidate. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like a perfect town for, oh, right? He can jog up and down the strip, fit right in. Yeah. And it can kind of help unload some of what LSU might owe him if he does get that job. But what I found was interesting was he actually applied for it back in 2014, I think that's when you, you know, like Pete Carroll left and he was going to, oh, I don't know, like there was all this change at USC and he was going to land somewhere. He didn't end up getting it. He lost to like a local high school coach in Vegas, I think. Ew. But um, that guy's out now. Hey, it's Ed or it's Ed it's, turn. <laughs> Yeah. I just thought that would be interesting. Uh, but yeah, you know, good on him. I, I don't wish him, you know, I, I wish him continued success. Uh but anyway, uh, Owen Vegas, that would be interesting. I think that'll about do it for us here on Talking Tigs. We got a lot more to get into next week, so check back with us. We'll have our uh, our transfer portal roundup along with anything else that might come out, uh, along the way. Uh, but the bowl games are set, so we have that to look forward to and to talk about later. Hope everyone has a good week, and so you stay safe, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.